Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. You could potentially have the best product, the best solution, the best emails, the best copywriting, the best team in the world. It doesn't matter if your sales and marketing messages are dry. You're not going to do and perform very well. Dry marketing has dry results. And we wanna have sales that are on fire. Although that being said, fire would dry things out. So maybe let's not use fire. Let's use wet marketing. That sounds dirty too. Okay, let's not even talk about that anymore. (laughs) But we're gonna keep this because this is real life. Anyway, we want marketing that rocks, right? We want the sales messaging to really hit home with our audiences. And when I think about different people who are really great at this, I mean, we had a great conversation last last week with Prerna and different components of our sales pages that we often don't even think about. But today I wanted to talk about our just overall marketing messages and how to bring some personality to your brand. Now, I'm not saying personality in the sense that you have to be bubbly all the time. Hey, come get my marketing, and that's the coolest thing in the world. That's That that can often come across fake, and if that's you, that's fine, that's you. But doing that because you see other people do that, and they try to pretend like they are an infomercial or something, and that's not gonna work. We need to be our authentic selves, but how do we best portray our authentic selves? Well, we're gonna talk about that today with somebody who embodies authentic personality, and is able to help several companies from small single owner businesses to multi-million dollar large corporations, Anne Handley. Yes, Anne Handley, you might have heard of her before. You can find her at Anne Handley, that's hand like five fingers, hand, H-A-N-D-L-E-Y, and also Market Profs, which is uh, another website that helps a number of people with their marketing messaging too. And that's what we're gonna talk about today with Anne, so make sure you stick around, cue the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he was known in middle school for using the most hair gel, Pat Flynn. What is up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 424 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people, too. And today we have, in our corner, Anne Hanley to help us hone in on our marketing messaging so that we're just not as dry, so we can connect with the audience on the other end, and how not just we can connect with them, but convert them into raving fans at the same time. So here she is, Anne Hanley from annhanley.com. 
Hey, Anne, welcome to the SPI podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. I am just so happy to have you in my ears right now. Well, I'm happy to have you here, and I uh, had the pleasure of meeting you in person very recently at Social Media Marketing World before all this crazy stuff in the world started happening, and I'm- I know. You know, it's insane, know. but I'm glad we got to meet and, and hang out, and then you agreed to come on the show, and I'm excited because you have this amazing superpower of helping brands have some personality and, and get out of the the sort of mediocre marketing messages that they often share and, and helping them really step into that customer journey. Before we get into that, I would just love to to get a little bit of background behind like why are you so in love with what you do? <laughs> you for the beginning of that sentence, why are you so in love with I was like, yes, where is this going? <laughs> with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> with me. Why are we so amazing? Um <laughs> let me see. Why am I so in love with what I do? You know, I I love language. I love communication. I love to help people tap into their ability to market themselves differently, to not sound like any other brand out there, especially a competitor. Mm -hmm. There's something about that magic that when I see a piece of marketing. It could be an email. It could be a video. It could be, I could be listening to a podcast. Like it doesn't matter what the asset is per se. But when I see it and I feel it and I feel that this is genuine and this is real and this feels like it's connected to something that's more fundamental to us as people, I get super excited. And that sounds so geeky and it sounds, you know, so it maybe sounds you know a little bit funny to some of your listeners but i i just love it and why do i love that it's just because i love pure and honest communication that is connected to something bigger than one person or one individual that feels like it's part of of a movement mm. and that's the kind of marketing that i love and why are we so bad at it i mean <laughs> i think it's so i mean it's it's great that a lot of people have their own businesses now and even big five like fortune 500 companies we're all bad at this. Why Why is it, why do we just have this tendency of just creating mediocre marketing? Is it because it's hard? Yeah, I think, yes, because it's hard. Sometimes it's because we are, there's a certain fear, I think, to being the kind of marketer who feels honest and true and authentic. And so it's easier to not stand out. It's easier to just sound like everybody else because you don't open yourself up in any way. You don't make yourself vulnerable. And I think that's true whether you work at a massive company and you are in a marketing department of 30, you don't want to necessarily suggest something that's going to make you look stupid or worse, get you fired. Mm -hmm. um, but I, And I also think it's true of individuals. I also think that we have this notion in in I was going to say business, but actually it's kind of in life too, that marketing, you know, and I'm using air quotes now, you can't see this because it's an air, if it's a podcast, but that marketing has to sound a certain way and that we, we almost try on a marketing voice or, or we, we put on the cloak of marketing before we start speaking or communicating with another human being when we think about representing something that we sell or something that we do. And so I think the more that we can shed that cloak, the more we can step out of that, the stronger, you know, the more we can step into the light and really be seen, then I think that's where that magic happens. You know, mm -hmm. that's it, where those moments that I truly love happen. So all that to say, I think it's a combination of fear of, of not wanting to stand out and really allowing ourselves to see that as a differentiator that it's much more powerful to be imperfect than it is to be perfect. I think imperfect is a fancy way of saying, or a less fancy way, I should say, of saying authentic, right? True, I love that. And so 
I'm curious, when you start working with brands, and I mean, you, you, you are highly seeked out to help, you know, change marketing messages within companies. And, you know, you're a co-founder or, or a partner at Marketing Profs and you're a best-selling mm-hmm. author. And, and people hire you to help change things and help make things better and help them stand out. What's the first thing you look at and how do you help a company make change, especially when I would imagine that they've just been so used to the way that things have been and this is likely going to be a big change for them? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to really, really understanding your customers at a at a fundamental level, and then understanding how you fit into the context of their lives. Very often, marketers start with the opposite approach, right? They start with their product, and then they think about, you know, who can we sell this to? Right. And I think the biggest thing is to shift your mind from that into, you know, who who are we talking to here? Who are we actually trying to sell to? Who are we actually trying to connect with? Who are we, who is our audience? And how are we building that audience? How are we engaging them and nurturing them over time? And so I think when you start there with your audience, as opposed to with your product, it results in a very different kind of marketing. It results in a, in a much richer and a much more engaging message for, for the audience as well. So what, what, what is your process for learning more about the customer? You know, it comes down to like, this is, it's stupid simple. Like, I think there's a tendency in, in marketing to overcomplicate it, right? Does that mean I have to go out and I have to hire a big firm to do right. this whole like market research study? I mean, sure. But also, no, you don't, you know, you just need to really think about it from your customer's point of view. Find out who are you actually talking to? Pick up the phone and talk to them. Um, in marketing, very often we don't talk to customers. You know, we're relying on input from customer service from in a bigger company or from your sales team, for example. Those are the two parts of the company that tend to touch customers the most. But, you know, I'm a big fan of talking directly to customers. When you are able to go to a coffee shop again in a post-COVID world, um, you know, taking your customer out for a coffee. But for now, you know, engaging them on a Zoom call, just like, hey, can I ask you a few questions? Can I really get to understand you and get to know you and understand your motivations and your fears and your wants and desires and what drives you? You know, start there. Just get to know who you're speaking to. I call that kind of developing pathological empathy for your customer. So it's not just about sort of understanding who they are from a high level kind of demographic, psychographic standpoint, but instead actually attaching a real person to who you're speaking to. You know, and again, not from a persona standpoint, but really understanding, you know, an an actual person like in your head. Think about the actual person that you are trying to reach, a person you know, a person who has a name, a person who you believe with all your heart that your solution or your product actually will help. It'll improve their lives. Start there because what your goal is ultimately is to build trust with that person and also to build affinity with that person. And Mm. what do I mean by that? I mean, like, do they like you? I think that matters a whole lot in business and it matters way more than many marketers think that it does. I think the likability factor is is actually really massive. I do want to touch on likability for sure. And that's something that, I mean, you, Anne, you're so likable. And this is <laughs> like, like seriously, like from every every moment of your brand on your website and just the way you show up on stage, it's just you 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 just you, you embrace that and, and it's all about you. So I'd love to definitely dig into that. I do want to speak to the beginners in the audience. We do have quite a few who are listening right now who are hearing you say, okay, go out and talk to people. And now they're shelling up. They're wondering, 
well, maybe this isn't right for me because they're feeling a little nervous. Maybe the listener Mm -hmm. can imagine having a conversation and then having that go, well, why are you even trying to talk to me? And how, how would you help a beginner position and I agree. I think that's the best thing to do because, wow, what a fast forwarding in your marketing efforts to just go directly to who it is you're ultimately going to serve. But how would you speak to the to the beginner who's never done business before, who doesn't have an audience, who doesn't even know where to start? Yeah, I think the most powerful thing that you can do in that scenario is, so in other words, if you really don't know who you're marketing to. Is that is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, or, or perhaps you have, for example, a, a pretty general niche idea that you know you have an interest in something and you like to help those kinds of people, but you really have no idea even what to ask or what to say or even where to, to go and reach them. Mm. I mean, in my mind, I think you really need to start with this, with smaller, right? So really think about you, you can't you can't start from a from a place of of generality, right? I think you've got to really think about a one particular thing that you do particularly well, and who is the person that could most benefit from that. You know, social media is a great way to connect with like-minded people. There's so many ways that you can you can connect online through groups on Facebook, through LinkedIn, through Twitter. Start connecting with where those audiences live on those social platforms and before you start asking questions and before you start trying to develop, you know, that that sort of empathetic muscle, just spend a lot of time listening, spend a lot of time listening and watching and seeing what engages people and what they're talking about. And I think that automatically will start to help you hone what it is that you sell because you'll start to think, oh, you know, I could I really think that I could help this person with this because this is what I'm particularly good at. So I think the more you can really spend some time in that community before you start selling or before you start talking, uh, you know, talking to your potential customers with the idea that down the road that you're going to launch a product or or some sort of before you start marketing, in other words, you know, mm-hmm. just spend some time really immersing yourself um, in those spaces first. And, you know, that's the beauty of social media, right? Yeah. That's the beauty of, of really allowing yourself to to connect on social with those with those communities. I love that. And I often say the riches are in the niches. I, I completely agree with you. And it's going to be easier to find those people. It's going to be easier to speak their language or at least hear that language, you know, and it's like, you like, yeah, you won't, you know, build something like the next Uber doing it, but you'll help people and you can expand out from there. And I and truly for the beginners out there listening, when you help one person get one result, it just kind of unlocks everything mm-hmm. for you. So, yeah, I, that's I, so true. I completely agree with you, uh, Anne, on that. And I'd love to talk. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, when you just said the riches is in the niches, I was thinking to myself, I know that that's kind of a, a, one of your that's like a Pat Flynn phrase. And I was like, man. I, w- I wish I'd said that first. <laughs> Even though it's niches, but I still, <laughs> it doesn't rhyme as well when I, when I say that. Reaches in the niches. Yeah, I know. I, it's like one of the, the, so my background is as a journalist and one of the first headlines that I ever wrote that I, I remain like profoundly proud of to this day is you can never get too big for your niches instead of your britches. You know? Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's not that good, Pat, but thank you for your generosity there. But man, I tell you, it's like, Hey, I, I am a dad. Dad jokes, which most people don't think are good, are great in my eyes. So it actually, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you're welcome. So one thing that you do bring to a lot of your messaging is is humor. And you're known for just bringing some 
lightness to things that are often quite heavy. And 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 this is, you know, speaks into the realm of likability, like we said. And I think likability is so important. And it's often sort of, we, we, we often think it's kind of a vain thing to want to be liked. But it's so, like you said, really important because we have to, we have this formula. We have to have people know us, like mm-hmm. us, and trust us. And we spend so much time in the knowing us, getting... Mm-hmm our word out there, SEO, social media, et cetera. And then the trust part is often talked about quite often from, you know, uh, authority through association or social proof or the journals that you've been listed in or or what have you. But the like part, I think people avoid. How do you get people to like you? Mm, That's such a deep fundamental question, isn't it? I don't think you can make people like you, but what I think you can do is show people who you are and communicate in a voice that is simply you. I think one of the things that we we tend to shortchange in in marketing is is our tone of voice. And I talk about this a lot and sometimes that notion of tone of voice especially to people who are first starting out or small business owners it feels a little high-minded. It's like what is she talking about? You know, is this like a isn't that like a literary thing? Well, no, it's not. Your tone of voice is essentially your your true voice. Like how do how do you actually sound to your customers? So you mentioned a second ago, for example, like the language that you use mm-hmm. and the 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 way that people are describing the products or the services or the world that that your business lives in. So yeah, part of it is is using those words to connect with your audience, but it's also about, you know, communicating in a way that is truly authentically you. And you know, so so one of the ways to think about that is, you know, who are you as a brand and then are you expressing that to the people that you're trying to communicate with? So just to make it a little bit more specific. So, you know, if you are a uh, like a financial services person, right, then you want to convey trust, of course, and you want to convey likability, but you don't want to be like necessarily like a like a like a buddy buddy kind of likability, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be more like um, you can trust me. I know what I'm talking about. There's a there's a, a way that you want to convey who you are that also will appeal to people who need to trust you with their money, right? Right, With something that's very important to them. So you need to think about, you know, your, your brand. And again, I'm kind of using air quotes here, but you need to think about your own point of view and how are you communicating as a way to build that trust, but also in a way that's going to further that the more human and real and and ultimately likable aspects of you. The other thing about likability is that, you know, you're not going to be likable to everybody. And that's kind of the point, right? You want to use that as almost a filter to attract the like-minded, the people who will really connect with you, as well as repel the timid, right? Keep those people away from you who are not going to be a great fit for your business. So for example, if you are attracting, you know, uh, like a, a younger audience, say, like a Gen Z, say, and you are really looking to connect with those people, you the way that you communicate, the language that you use is going to be very different than if you're selling to boomers, mm-hmm. right? So just thinking about your your voice in those terms, you know, not only how it reflects who you are and what you sell, but whether it's actually going to land with the audience that you're trying to attract and what is their mindset when they're when they're hearing from you, you know, and this again depends on who you are and what you sell and what the audience is, you know, but are they actually like are you addressing their their fears in a way that feels like they get me, like they understand me? 
like you understand the, the problems that your customers have and do they see themselves reflected in your marketing messaging and your communications and, and how you're communicating. Ooh, that's great. Yeah, that that very similarly reminds me of Donald Miller's story brand, you know, making your customers the hero and other people mm-hmm. who come in uh, later see a version of themselves in that. And, and, mm. and, you know, of course, like you said, the language that you use, because if you can't speak their language, you can have the best solutions in the world. They're, they're not going to know that you have those. Yeah. And one of the, one of the tests I always use, and this kind of goes back to your first question, like, you know, what, what, how do you actually work with, with brands to help them mm-hmm. through this, through this process, through this journey is that one of the, the tests that I always use is, and this is a, a good test, for example, if somebody feels a little bit squirrely about actually feeling like they're conveying their, their true selves through their um, through the copy on their website or, or through their social channels or anything. But so here's the exercise. Look at your website. Look at your social channels. Cover up the logo on all of those things, right? Cover up the logo on your website. Cover up the logo on your social channels. And ask yourself, this is, good, this is a good thing to do with clients, by the way, especially, um, you know, ask yourself, do I sound any different? You know, would I know who I am? You know, or, you know, basically, if you're, is your logo the thing that is, is the signal that, that says that this is you, this is your brand, this is your company? Or can you also, do you sound different? Are you also conveying that through your words? And it's a really powerful thing to do if you are feeling or if you're wondering, you know, do I actually sound different online? What is my voice? And so if you can try that exercise and cover up the logo and see if you sound different than anybody else out there or potentially a competitor, are you communicating in a way that's that truly reflects who you are and that has, you know, is conveying both trust and especially that affinity. Give it a shot. See how it feels to you and how it comes across. How relevant are the brand missions and sort of uh, vision statements around that? Uh, I mean, that, that, that is essentially what you're talking about, right? In terms of language of purpose and language of mm-hmm. connection. It's, it, it's, it's the mission statement, right? Are you, are you a big mission statement for brands type person that, you know, they should be displayed prominently on the website. And that's kind of what you're known for, because that's that's like what you are known for outside of the logo. Yes, exactly. I think sometimes that, you know, part of the reason why I talk about things the way that I do is because I want them to feel accessible <laughs> to to people. And my, my concern with talking about things like mission statements or talking about even personas as relates to customers is that we use these words to obfuscate who we are, what we're actually doing, you know? So how do we actually, how do we actually embrace the power that we have to just communicate in, in simple human terms? And so, you know, yes, I, I am talking about, you know, mission statements. I'm talking about personas when I talk about pathological empathy and really understanding who you're talking to. But at the same time, I don't like I I, I want to make it feel more real and accessible, especially to small business owners, to solopreneurs, to individuals who are just, you know, I want them to embrace their power as a as a company, as a communicator. And so that's the only reason why I don't love talking about like from a mission standpoint, because mm-hmm. yeah, it's important, but you know, I also think that it tends to complicate things a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's, it's one of those, you know, you go to business school and it's like, okay, we need a business plan. We need mm-hmm. a mission statement. And it's just like, Oh, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. And you know, and the reality is that, 
I don't think it has to be that complicated. Like I think if we really are clear on who we're talking to, if we are super clear on who we are as a brand and as a company and, mm-hmm. and our value and what we deliver to that audience, then, you know, then we're good, right? And if we're conveying that in a way that's human and and simple and accessible and is building trust and affinity with those we're trying to reach, then you know, then, then that's what it is. Essentially at, you know, if you strip away all the buzzwords and if you strip away all of it, it's like that at its essence is the, the heart of a really good business. Love it. Thank you, Anne. Um, as we're closing up here, I'd love to talk about your methods, your just sort of psychology around how you help people who are already customers of yours and how you mm-hmm. can continue those conversations and, and continue to serve them even after, you know, if we've reached that, Here's my air quotes endpoint of having them become a customer, um, and it speaks directly to what I talk about in my book, Super Fans. And I love that you 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 sort of hone in on that message for brands that you work with too. What are what are some Anne Hanley ways of helping customers feel special? I'd love to know from you. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, I think the way that customers feel special is when they feel seen essentially is when they feel acknowledged um i mean that's kind of the the number one thing and you know so one of the very specific ways that i do that is and this is going to sound so stupid simple but i and i'm only sharing it with you because i think that any brand any person any business owner any wannabe or would be business owner can adopt this very same approach so for example, I'm a massive believer in the power of the email newsletter, right? It's like I I have an email newsletter that I publish every other week. Marketing Profs has a, an email newsletter that we publish three times a week. And I'm a real believer in the ability of that particular email newsletter, which is not unlike a podcast, by the way. But because I'm a writer first, I tend to gravitate toward writing. And so I, I love the power of the email newsletter because to me, it, it feels, you know, just as when it's done right, it feels incredibly powerful. And it's a great opportunity to build that relationship and nurture that relationship with a would-be audience. So when so I publish my email newsletter um, from annhanley.com every other Sunday, right? And when people sign up to be on my list, I ask them two questions. Number one you know, I thank them. I'm like, hey, congratulations. This is a moment to celebrate. You're here. You know, why are you here? I ask them, number one. The second thing I ask, what do you hope to learn? I ask them to just simply respond to that email. It goes into my inbox. And then that allows me to help first get to know my audience at a more intimate level to really understand why they are coming to me and what value I can provide them, number one. Mm -hmm. But number two, it helps me see individuals, right? The way that they write, the way that they're communicating. There's a lot of things that I can pick up about who I'm communicating with, language that they use and so on. But this is the part that I think anybody can do. When I get an email from them that says, hey, you know, here's who I am, here's what I would love to know from you or hear from you or read about in your newsletter, that I always respond and I say thank you. And I do this, you know, it takes me maybe 90 seconds to respond to each email. Mm -hmm. I say thank you and I usually share something that they share that connected with me. It starts a conversation, right, that extends that email newsletter, which can feel very one way as a recipient. It feels like a brand is just emailing you and that you don't necessarily feel that you have the ability or the permission to write back um, or that anybody is going to care or see it. And so immediately I'm setting up an example that or or a a model for this is not going to be like any other experience that you have with an email newsletter. 
So I'm sharing that with you because I think it's um it's it's an example of we think that we need to come up with these great surprise and delight moments for fans, right? For building fans or or for delighting our customers. And sometimes I think it can be very, very simple. Just thinking about that one person that you're trying to connect with and letting them know, like, thank you for being here. I see you. How can I help you? And when they answer you, that you write them back and you say thank you. And now I'm I'm saying I'm I'm telling you this story through the lens of an email newsletter, but it doesn't have to be just an email newsletter. It could be, you know, it could be a response on social media. It could be somebody leaving a comment, you know, on a podcast review and you responding back and saying thank you. It could be any of those things. But I think fundamentally that's where it's an easy thing to do. So many brands, so many companies don't do it. Really quick for you in particular, how do you how are you managing those conversations and 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 not overwhelming yourself with so many responses and you know, just time management. I just set aside half an hour a day to respond to those individuals. It's that important Love to me. It. Yeah, it's intentional. It's the bottom line. Yeah, and so I I make it a priority because if someone, like, again, to me, the, the power of the email newsletter is enormous. Somebody has raised their hand and said, I want to be on your list. I want to hear from you. And that's a, that's a choice that an individual made. It's not as if, Facebook is saying is is allowing them to see my message, right? This email newsletter is not controlled by an algorithm. It's the only place that is not controlled by an algorithm aside from a podcast or a video series or another thing that you own and publish, right? That you you are building your own audience. So, I think that is a really unique opportunity and so that is an area that I do want to be as a marketer and it's also an area where I will set aside 30 minutes a day to respond to those people who are writing to me. Now, if I were if I were massive, if I were you know I, I don't know like Tina Fey massive, and I had an email <laughs> newsletter, and I had a, you know a hundred thousand people writing to me every month, I mean that may be different. I would have to put a, a process in place, mm-hmm. but I believe in the approach, and I would find a solution, a way to to fix that, you know, or a way to meet that need because I think you. You know, it, it's important to me to invest in those areas that I think pay off down the road, and they—that's they, an area that absolutely does for me personally. That's awesome, and and I know I have to leave. I have one single question that'll serve double duty. Number mm. one, where can people go to find you and your newsletter? And the second part is, I was going to ask you, well, how are you selling people into your newsletter? How are you getting people? So why don't you tell us why we should join your newsletter? Oh, <laughs> um, I ask people who are already on my list to refer it to their friends. So I ask my fans to create more fans for me, essentially. I love it. it. Uh, That's a much more powerful way of thinking of amplifying or building an audience than me, you know, hammering away on social media. Sign up for my email newsletter. Sign up for my email newsletter because no one wants to see that. Which is not to say that I, I don't share what I'm doing in that newsletter or in anything that I'm creating, either on behalf of me or on marketing pros on social media. Of course I do. And the key there is to share not the fact that I have an email newsletter, but to share the value yeah. that's inherent in that newsletter. Nobody wants right? more emails. No, nobody is clamoring for more emails, but they are clamoring for solid information from a voice that they can trust and that they like. So it's the, you know, what did you say? The, the know me, and then I said the trust me and the, and the like me. Right, and so, right. 
Yeah, I Love think that's it. that's the key. Well uh, where they can get a hold of me, they can find out more from me at annhanley.com. If you want to sign up for the email newsletter, it's annhanley.com slash newsletter. Uh, you can also find me at Marketing Profs. We run a training and education company, and that's at marketingprofs.com. Ann Hanley, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for your time today and uh, hope to run into you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, Pat. This was fun. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ann. Isn't she great? I just love her so much and I cannot wait when we can all get back into conference mode again and we can run into each other because she's definitely one of those good people out there who's there to serve others, has a great, great message and is able to help make it seem easy. And it's not easy, but it's simple. She simplifies it and that's why I love it. And, And that's why I love you because Simple enough, you're here. You're listening all the way through, and I appreciate you for that. Hey, to check out Ann's stuff, check out annhanley.com. You can also check out Marketing Profs and all the great things she has going on there. So, Ann, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Hope we can have you back on again in the future. And for you, the listener, thank you so much. I hope you crush that run, or maybe you're in your car. Maybe we're still all by the time, you know, I'm recording this in early April. Maybe by now we're out of the house, maybe not. But either way, hopefully you're crushing that laundry that you're doing, whatever it is you're doing right now, I just appreciate you so much. And I'm so thankful and grateful for you for being here. Make sure you subscribe because we've got a lot of great content coming your way. And yeah, nothing else to say except just stay safe. And I cannot wait to continue to help you out. Let me know what you thought of this episode at Pat Flynn on Instagram or the Twitter. And I appreciate you. Cheers. Thanks. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.